0: Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I did not get results, they did not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is create a new tomorrow podcast. Hey everybody, this is Ari Gronich with another episode of create a new tomorrow. And we are here with Elizabeth Kipp, who is an author. She is a health facilitator uh, regarding, you know, stress, chronic pain management, addiction, recovery, meditation, yoga, ancestral clearing. I mean, she is so well-versed in healing arts. She also has a, a plant-based, plant science, bachelor's of science degree. So it's not just the woo-woo that she does. She, she incorporates and integrates both sides in order to take people from their painful lives and uh, and help them. So she's written a book called The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on and uh, tell us a little bit about what got you started in this work. And I I know you had some health challenges as well. So why don't you tell the the audience where you came from so that they can kind of feel what's possible for them?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you so much. And I just like to say uh, thank you for uh, having me on. It's an honor to be here. And to address your audience. Yeah, I came from uh, Delaware back in the uh, mid-50s. So that, uh, that dates me right away. The mantra there was a couple of things. One, no pain, no gain. I came from a family of athletes. There was no complaining about anything. Right? And also there was a lot of uh, denial of feelings. We don't show that stuff. We don't talk about it. And then, and then, uh, and the other thing was, which is, (laughs) you know, you can see athletics, right? We were, as children, my brother and I were expected to excel, not, they didn't hope, they expected. So you see, that's a setup right there, right? Then you add sugar into the mix and you add uh, a mother who was in chronic pain and using alcohol to uh, mediate that deal. You know, really kind of a a lot of social drinking going on, a lot of a lot of really addiction at that time. I lived in a very unpredictable environment in terms of I never knew when I was going to get in trouble because we had to be seen and not heard. And we had to perform and, you know, all that kind of stuff. A lot of pressure. I didn't I I had to work really hard to maintain a a, a sense of um, I'm safe because I, I a lot of times I didn't, I didn't actually feel safe. That's also a setup for chronic pain, by the way. So, you know, emotional, anything emotional in me, I, I wasn't allowed to express. So that's a pressure cooker right there, right? Then I had an accident when I was 14. I fell off a horse and landed on a rock and broke my fifth lumbar. Uh, it slipped, it broke on the both uh, transverse processes and slipped forward. And today it's sitting eighty um, percent forward into my pelvis and pulling the the leg nerves with it. I have hardware in there. I'm kind of the bionic woman, but but they don't. Nobody really understands. The, the Western doctors really don't understand why I'm walking, let alone a yoga teacher. This is they just they're just like, how did that happen? You know. So it's a testament to the tools. It it, it really is and the body wants to heal. It took me, I hurt my back, but I I got up from the accident when I was 14. I got up from the accident, I walked away. And because uh, I had seen people get hurt at horse shows uh, you know, and the Olympics and stuff, I'd seen people get hurt. They ended up being taken away on a stretcher. I figured if I could get up and walk away, I was fine. I had no. It hurt, but I didn't know I'd broken a bone, right? So, so I lived with that for seven years. Wow! And then I finally uh, was in enough pain uh, at that point that I was like, I I think maybe I need to see a doctor. And uh, and everybody wanted me to have surgery. I saw all the different back doctors. They all wanted me to have back surgery. Except a chiropractor, and he said, I think I think we might be able to manage this for a while. So for another seven years, uh, the chiropractor was very helpful. Very, I mean, I, I would kind of limp in there uh, bent over and I would walk out there dancing. So that's, was pretty impressive. And then uh, about nine months after I had my uh, my son, that slip became very unstable. And, and of course you can imagine in pregnancy, they had all said, you know, you can't have a baby. And I'm like, well, <laughs> anyway, I had and I'm really for what I did. That, that carrying and then, and then holding him, and you know, that just that the kind of a heart on the back. So it became unstable. I went and I, that was the beginning of, I had three surgeries over the next three years. A lot of pain. They put me on opiates and benzodiazepines, uh, which to your audience is like um, the old version of Ativan or Xanax would have been neprobamate. Uh, so that's kind of the, the old version, also known as Milltown back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was on, that was their answer. I swear to God, that was their answer for 31 years. You know, that was their answer. Opiates and benzos and, you know, get by on your wits. That was the answer. They didn't know how to heal it. And here's the po- important part. They never asked the question, why isn't Elizabeth healing? They just assumed I wouldn't. That was the flaw in the argument. Important. Yeah, that was the flaw in the argument. Anyway, I finally found... A doctor who, who was able to not only get me off the medication, uh, which at that point I'd been on, at the last 15 years of all that, I had been on fentanyl and Atavan or Xanax. That's a kind of a deadly combination. So it's amazing uh, that I, I lived through it, you know? I found Dr. Peter Prescott, who has since passed away, but he took me through his pain management program, detoxed me, and, you know, he said he, he knew I could heal. And I'd never heard that before. And He was like, I, you know, I think maybe your medicine is causing your pain. And I'm like, who are you? And I, I never heard that. And how do you know that? You know? <laughs> anyway, and he all totally knew that my stress response was way off and no doctor had ever talked about that before. So he hadn't even met me and he knew what I was up to. So I knew this guy, I knew something. And he, I walked into that uh, pain management program with a life to 59 years of gut pain and 40 years of back pain and i walked out 52 days later with no pain
0: wow that is uh that is amazing you know since then you've gone on to do some amazing studies and amazing things and to help other people mm-hmm. with their pain so you know I, I like to as you know challenge the systems and the challenge to the system that you were in multifold, it was a matter of drugging symptoms and instead of taking care of causes. And then obviously those drugs suppress your ability to even understand why you're not healing, but they're actually causing some of the further damage. and the addictive tendency to, I need the drug, so I need the pain. So I need the drug. So I need the pain. It's like this vicious cycle, you know, challenging the system is also about challenging the questions that people ask. Right. So what were the questions that you've learned to ask? What are the questions that you've learned to ask doctors as well as alternative health practitioners because I think that this will, that'll be a really great thing for the listeners to, to understand is what questions do I need to ask my physician, my doctor, my therapist, whoever it is, so that I can get better results and get rid of the causes of pain and illness?
1: Great question. First of all, I have to make sure I understand their assumptions. You know, so this is the value of having a science training. Right. I I had that training and I remember uh, all these doctors said to me, you will be, this is what they said. You will be in level seven out of 10 pain for the rest of your life 24 seven. And you will be in a wheelchair when you're 40. And I, in my vulnerable state succumbed to that. And I burst into tears and I cried for a while. I cried for days and I knew something was wrong with this picture. I just couldn't figure it out. And until I figured it out, I just kept crying. And I finally figured it out. Science, first of all, he'd forgotten his basic science. He was giving a pronouncement. I would forgotten his basic science that we live in a world of probabilities. Not It's not black and white. It's probable that. So he didn't even leave an open they. He didn't leave a room for hope in there. The other thing is he forgot that the scientific method, and lots of people don't know this, is self-limiting by definition. Science can only discuss, talk about, things that it can observe, measure, and describe. Where do we live? We live in the all that is, and the science world lives in a part of it, the only part that it can observe, measure, and describe. So where does healing happen? everywhere. Science is only looking at the part that it can look at. So when I realized that, I was like, he's not a fortune teller. He forgot his science. And I'm going to look everywhere for healing, not just here. And I, it's not that I'm throwing uh, doctors out. It's not about dissing doctors. It's about what are their assumptions and do they understand the limitations? And is there some, some open-mindedness there? Uh, so what are your assumptions? And when, when they make a comment like, you know, uh, you will be, and, you know, this is the only solution we have, an honest answer would have been, yet. <laughs> this is the only one we have yet, you know? And the other one would have been, I'm not trained in chronic pain, you know? Because they're not, and, 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 and they, they, they're only doing what they can. So there's a little bit of an ego thing. They're not really being honest about their training and it would be nice if there would be some ownership of the limitation because you know the patient is there owning their stuff and it would be nice if the doctor and the medical people were owning their stuff and that was what Dr. Peter was all about. He was about you know really relating to the patient and, and uh, uh, being very clear about, about where he was coming from and where the patient was coming from. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I learned that lesson when my grandmother died because she was, she had pancreatic cancer and so she was given a death sentence. And I was a master herbalist. I was young and I was learning all about shark cartilage, right? Right and i said to my grandmother why don't you take some shark cartilage and see if it helps because i was learning about this being something good for cancer at the time that was it was a big thing there was a big pull big push for shark cartilage
1: i remember i so remember
0: taking the shark cartilage and all of a sudden her numbers started to improve and she went to the doctor and the doctor was like, what are these numbers and what have you been doing? And oh my goodness, I can't believe what's happening. This never happens with pancreatic cancer because it's, it's a quick kill you and you know, it's like quick, quick, quick. She said, well, I've been taking this shark cartilage and that's the only thing I've done differently. And so it must be helping. And her doctor said, oh, that stuff, that doesn't do anything for you you're just having a placebo effect it does you should just stop taking that and we'll figure something out that wor- that works she died a couple months later mm-hmm. because she got so disheartened and mm-hmm. believe you know she grew up in a in a world where you listen to the doctor the doctor is the doctor is the authority so you listen to them you do what they say and even now prescription meds the doctor says take this what do you do you take it a therapist says take this supplement what do you do ah, maybe we'll see no it doesn't That's- it doesn't have the same yeah prescriptive value
1: that that would be the next question the other question that i would ask because i've asked this before i was having issues with uh, my bone density and i was you know a- a- osteoporosis and my Western doctor, bless his heart, it's his training. I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying the training is the training, and that's your perspective. That's the best that they can do. Just like your mom's doctor, right? He said, "I'm not going to get better," and he wanted me to take a, a big pharma, start these big pharma injections. And here was the question I asked him because I'm I'm open-minded. You know, I want to know the data. I I kind of like I'd like to know what's out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I said to him, "Okay." Explain to me the biology of that drug. And he couldn't. And then I went on Google and I went to the, to the company's website and they didn't have it either. And I went back to my doctor and I said, you know, if you guys can't explain to me how this, drugs work, this drug works so I can make some kind of an evaluation, I'm not taking it. That's an answer to that. You know, I just don't blindly trust these guys anymore. It's not like I'm being mean. I'm just being cautious. And I would like to know if the person I'm working with actually knows what they're doling out, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. The fine line between, you know, I I would never assume that not listening to somebody is being mean. I would assume that researching for yourself is taking ownership of your health. So the only, the only caveat that I have to that is we now have this thing called Dr. Google that is, it's, it's like a maze upon a maze, upon a maze, upon a maze of information.
1: Super misleading.
0: No matter what's true or not true, it just matters who's got the best SEO, right?
1: Yep, and it's so a
0: problem. hard for people to get a true answer nowadays, because they have so much to weed through.
1: Well, PubMed is a good, is a good platform to go through. That's P-U-B-M-E-D, is you can actually get the research papers. Um, I go to NIH, too, as well, to the National Institutes of Health. I go to that website for papers. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of selective in where I go. But here's the thing. Back in, when I was in graduate school, uh, I was in graduate school for environmental studies uh, on top of my uh, a science degree. And, and I was going to go into environmental impact statement stuff, that kind of stuff. At that time, the funding for basic research was just starting to dry up. We have very little funding nowadays for basic research. The research that's done anymore is done, it's very much a, a, a company-driven, corporate-driven, with corporate interests. And so uh, we have to be... First of all, we have to be able to know how to read a study. And that was one of the things I learned in graduate school was how to actually evaluate a paper and a design and a study. And did they use the right stats and whether conclusions correct, that kind of thing. And it's still hard for me. And, I, and I've had training in it. <laughs> so you're right. It's hard. And we, so we, we have to be discerning about the information we're looking at, who we're listening to, and, and really ask these questions. You know, do they really know what they're talking about or are they kind of winging it, right?
0: You know, I'd I'd like to add to that, that we have to be willing to listen to points of view that we don't necessarily agree with or um, have a preconceived notion about because we can always go to somebody that has the same philosophy as us. But if we're doing that in an echo chamber, and still getting the, the results of ill health and disease, then we've got to be willing to open our minds and open our hearts to the possibility that there are other things out there. Oh, yeah. So what I'd like to ask, I ask this at the end of every interview, is three things that somebody, action steps that somebody can take right now to shift and change their own health, their own um, minds, and, you know, activate their vision for a better world?
1: Well, that would start with their world,
0: right? Right.
1: (laughs) Step number one would be pause, stop what you're doing, and drop into being. I find that my answers come in that space where there's not a lot of doing going on, where I'm dropping the mind, and And really allowing the breath, my attention to kind of stay on the breath and and just kind of allow. It's really important. Healing happens right in this present moment. So pause, get present. The second thing is to get rigorously honest. You know, uh, because a lot of us deny our experience because it's traumatizing. A lot of us have been traumatized. And we we don't wanna, we turn away. That's our natural biology is to turn towards pleasure and away from pain. So we're we're really going against our own biological programming when we turn into our not so good experience. And then the third thing, don't judge the moment. Mm. Drop the judgment. It's not good, bad, it just is, right? That third position, right? So we we live in this dualistic world. Good, bad, high, low, back, forward, up, down. What if we took the third position, neutrality? Then you'd have a triangle and you'd have a firm foundation.
0: That, so is, uh, all those yeah, that is, things. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, just that, that first thing that you stated is stop doing and start being. And we live in such a a society that rewards and values what we do versus, and the amount that we do versus the results that we're getting. So it's, it's a procedure based world that we're living in versus a results based world. And so that is a really powerful lesson and, and thing to activate in yourself. You can do that now you can stop and Just say, What am I thinking and why, and start being
1: yeah i, I wouldn 't actually ask those questions because oh, yeah. the mind is going to engage I would, just, I would just where am I looking and down into the breath, right where the attention goes, the energy flows it's a, it's a it 's a tricky thing, and you know if you talk to brain scientists and you 'll probably have a few of them on your podcast they 'll tell you that w- with this thing that we're doing, this doing, 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 we're wearing the brain out. When we go into the pause and we go into what, you know, some of your listeners are going, oh, I don't even know how to do that. Or what is that? Meditation, which is, we call it meditation. It's just being, it's the most natural state that we are. It's also called meditation. The brain gets a chance to rest and heal. So it's really important. That we do that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, how can people get a hold of you if, uh, if they're interested in learning more?
1: Thank you. Yes, you can get a hold of me at Elizabeth with a hyphen, KIPP, K I P P dot com, or you can email me at Elizabeth, that's with a Z, Elizabeth at Elizabeth hyphen KIPP dot com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, and we will have you on again. And for all of our listeners, you know, there are options. There are things that you can do to change the course of your life and to clear out the chronic pain, the trauma, and the things that are blocking you from being who you want to be, really. And uh, I hope that you've learned something here. And we'll have Elizabeth on again so that she can give you some more of her wisdom. Thank you guys so much for being on the Create a New Tomorrow podcast. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and I wish you a healthy day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, Go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.